Thank you, sir. Got you, bro. Tiger Snows, dude. This is the strongest tobacco I've ever used. Yeah. Personally. Yeah. Like, I've dipped in the past, uh, like Copenhagen Wintergreen. Sure. Or like mint. <laughs> yeah, I've never dipped, bro. <laughs> you never dipped? <laughs> no, dude. Just a, <laughs> just a pure... Uh, I've dipped. I've dipped. Yeah. First By time choice? I... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no one forced me. Bro. Okay, good. Maybe I mean, peer pressure. I'm not talking from experience. <laughs> uh, I see, I see. Yeah, I mean, I, you're a frat, dude. They make you, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll skip that. Dude, my, my first ever dip experience was at a church summer camp. <laughs> And we were all playing poker. Yeah. And, uh, like at cabins? Uh, in our cabin. Yeah. Oh, shit. And we were like in the next door cabin playing poker. Yeah. It's getting a little late at night. One of like the older kids has a pouch that they snuck in. So we all take a t- the tiniest of pinches, put it like in my lower lip or whatever. How old, how old are you? Ooh, maybe like 12. Okay. Yeah, you know, like, or young. Yeah, like, young. shouldn't be dipping. 12 years old. 12 years old. First time putting dip in. Put the dip in, and it, <laughs> like, as 30 seconds after we all put it in, like, one of the adults that, like, runs the camp walks in. It's like, oh, you guys are playing poker. Jim Minogue. Shout out Jim Minogue. Oh, and we're shit. just so, so then we're like, then I start getting, like, nauseous and dizzy, but none of us can, like, spit or get it yeah, out. because you're hiding it. Because right? we're hiding it, and he's stuck in the From room. The counselor. Dude, as soon as he goes out of the room, I run to the back door, blow chunks, spit the dip out. Just like it out. I had braces at the time, and I think maybe a little bit got caught in the brace. Yeah. <laughs> Went to the toilet, dude. I was just, I remember my homie looking at me. He's like, dude, you look green, bro. Oh, man. Yeah. It was tough. Dude, it's hard to say no. I mean, you're at church camp. You and know, I'm being tempted by the devil. The de- <laughs> <laughs> right. Disguised as God in tobacco form. I would have said yes, too. Disguised as God <laughs> in tobacco. In tobacco, in the snus. Uh, I love me some God. Packaging. Yeah, I think we. I got onto it because I heard podcasters doing it, you know? I yeah, think. Th- you know, I think nicotine itself is not... That bad. It is addictive. I will say nicotine yeah. is addictive. Cigarettes. Cigarette, but then that Are has addictive. all the additive shit in there. Yeah, that like makes it way rat worse poison. I've heard that shit's been in there. Yeah. Whatever the fuck that is. Yeah, but it's a cognitive enhancer as well. Yeah, There's nicotine. Brief periods. The nicotine. Yeah, it's yeah. nootropic. Yeah. Right? Maybe we'll be sponsored by... Tiger Snuff. Tiger Snuff. Made in... I was looking at this back here. It says produced by P.T. Ferris... In Bali, Indonesia. Yeah, that's shipped Ooh, from Bali, bro. That primo. We're getting on the wave, the Bali wave. Nice. Dude, so uh, it's been how many days? Like, it's Thursday, the 29th. We ran on the 17th. So 12 days since we sent the canyon. Yep. It's been like uh, nine days since we got back. Yep. And personally coming back has been like, busy you know no time to like really rest and fully recover Mm -hmm. like i'll say on here this is i have not had a good night's sleep since before the canyon yeah or maybe even i guess when we were camping out like i actually had some pretty good sleep while we were camping out Mm -hmm. and i think that's just natural when you sleep outside yeah you know you're gonna get high quality sleep even though we might have slept for like four or five hours yeah um (laughs) (laughs) i heard a whole lot of that (laughs) I really hope that wasn't recorded. <laughs> but by by a whole lot of that, you mean a whole lot of elk. 
Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. A whole <laughs> lot of elk. A lot of elk. Apparently, it's a uh, rutten season for them. Rutten season. I think that's the term. <laughs> it's another word for mating <laughs> in elk language. Oh yeah. Um, but that's why they were so loud. That makes while sense. We were sleeping. I mean, Ooh. Arizona. September, mid-September. That's they were hot, boy. Prime hunting season. They were hot. Can we, can we have not hunted them if we <laughs> wanted to? I don't think where we were at, we could have. Okay. But I think, A little yeah. bit farther out there, maybe? Yeah, if there's like a designated land, or I guess public lands, then you could definitely hunt cool. all the elk in Arizona. The only reason I know that is because I follow Cameron Haynes on Instagram. Sure. And dude, we're like out there camping and... I was trying to stay off my phone as much as possible, but, you know, you get so many good pictures in the canyon, you, you want to fucking play around with that. And I see on his Instagram that he's, like, it's prime hunting season, and he's going through Arizona killing elk, and this dude's just posting, like, he has the dead animal, like, blurry in, like, the background of the photo on the back, like, corner, and in his hand is just the heart of that animal, <laughs> and it's fucking massive, dude, and I'm just like, damn. That shit makes me want to go out and hunt. Would you eat it? Would you eat a, a raw elk heart? Yeah, I would. Nice. And I'm only saying that because yesterday, if you would have asked me that, I would have said no. Like, fuck no. Oh, so it's something changed in between yesterday and today. Yeah. So yesterday, while grew, I was working. You grew a pair? Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I grew a pair. <laughs> exactly. Um, I listened to a podcast with the Liver King in it. Oh, God. You're right? Oh, so, God. Here we <laughs> go. This shit, you know, he's marketing shit. It makes its way onto my feet. He's an actor. He's, he's on um, uh, The Fighter and the Kid with Brendan Schaub, Brendan Kyan. Yeah. So I tuned into that, and he's just raving about it. it. makes it sound dope. So, you know, me being the person I am, when I hear something new, I got to try it out, you know, and just form my own opinion. Sure. Because that's what people don't do nowadays, form their own opinions. <laughs> Stop watching the news, everybody. Sheep. Um, and in it, he raves about it. You know, his life changed. You know, I'll let I'll, you guys can dive into that story on your own time. But I went to Central Market, picked up liver. Nice. Picked up liver for the first time, brought it back home. And you take it out. It's like in a plastic bag. It's filled with like blood. Yeah. It's, it's all blood. I've bought it before for okay. my dogs. Have you? <laughs> Dude, I tried giving it to my dog, and he didn't want it. What? Yeah, I'm like, fuck. I spoiled him with yeah. non-liver for yeah, his whole life. Liver. Um, was it raw, or did you cook it? Raw. 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 I read okay. that when you cook it, it's, like, super rough and tastes worse. Interesting. Um, I haven't tried it cooked yet. You tried it raw? I Today, dude, I Ooh. cut it up into, like, bite-sized pizzas, pieces, <laughs> pizzas, <laughs> and sprinkled salt on it. And with the salt, I just put it in, chewed it. Without the salt, I don't know if I could have done it. Okay. I didn't try it without the salt, but it was pretty fucking wonderful. Really? I'm not going to lie to you. I enjoyed it. I'm down for some liver, bro. Dude, I was almost going to bring it today. I got to get like a cooler to like transport it because yeah. it'd be cool to like pull up to hang out with people and be like, yo, yo I got yo, I, I got liver in I the car. Bro, pull up it. with some testes, then you're the guy. Dude, <laughs> that's the right. Have you had testes before? Uh, no, absolutely not. No, me neither. No. Me neither. Dude, I was li- there were some guys in the sauna yesterday who were telling me, you know, they're like, oh, carnivore MD and like, you know, they just eat meat and liver and all that shit. Yeah, they're into that. And one of these guys said he puts it in a blender, puts the liver and like beef in a blender. And drinks it. It's like meat shakes. That's interesting. (laughs) Meat shakes. So he has to chase it down with like a regular smoothie. Like, yeah, that's... Yeah, that's... 
It's next level. <laughs> I'm just trying to think. Like, do you add milk to that? Uh, he does it with water. 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 Or and liver. He'd rather drink it. I guess. Damn, dude. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. That doesn't sound very appealing to me. Nope. Just because after eating it today, like it's already pretty like liquidy because it's just sitting in that blood the whole time. And it goes down pretty easy. Like it's, you know, a couple bites and you can swallow it. I felt good afterwards. Um, making it in a shake though, that, that Yeah, not for good. me. No, not for me either. But hey, no judgment. That guy can do him. Yeah, you know? hey, at least people are experimenting nowadays. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you can run into so many different people out here that are trying so many different things that, like, I need to form my own opinion on yeah. things because yeah. I just take everyone's word for shit. Dude, are you familiar with the guy? Okay, I actually have been listening to some stuff. You asked me before we started recording. Yeah. Alex uh, Hormozy or Mosey. I haven't heard of him. Mosey gang or something no. um he's like some entrepreneur millionaire bodybuilder dope guy i like Dude. his content yeah he's a cool guy he's made a ton of money i have not so my guy <laughs> let me let me listen <laughs> let me listen and see like, what this dude, guy's got to say liver king may be crazy but guy owns a 500 acre ranch outside of austin like let me listen to what he's yeah, saying type yeah. shit. um although this guy uh does, does not have anything to sell me so i'm like all right i, I like what you said mm. Also, the the nice. quick quick tangent on like the Liver King and the Please. desiccated liver like powder supplements that he sells for sixty dollars, uh, a, a, yeah, for the thing. The homies, the Texas boys, they take that shit, dude. Yeah. That he must be making. You got to make so much money on that. Like it can only cost you a few dollars to make to produce that. How do you make powder? Like right, liver? it's a you only get a few grams per serving. A pound of liver I can buy for like 6 bucks. Dude, it cost me $3.87 today. That's crazy. 1.2 pounds of liver. That's crazy. And I'm like, "Holy shit, this is affordable." Yeah, we got to start our own liver brand, bro. Dude. Just hop not on a bad the way. Not a bad idea. We just got to find a, a source and and then we can pump it. Yeah. And I'd want to believe in the product. Anyway, that was a side tangent. Let me get back to this guy. For sure. Or Mosey, because he made a good point and shit that I've been guilty of in my, you know, exploration of biohacking things and yeah. optimal routine and the whole nine. He's got a an anti-routine or it's more about what you're not doing than it is what you are doing. Mm. Essentially... His morning routine is he wakes up, drinks the coffee, and he gets to work. There's no, like, there's no breath work. There's no ice bath. There's no morning meditation. There's no, like, workout. It's just wakes up 4 a.m., gets to work. By 10 a.m., he has six hours of uninterrupted work. And then he'll start taking meetings or talking to people, responding. Yeah. He also does, he, he like, work out, doing whatever. Yeah, responds to nobody. Like for a period of time, like just doesn't reply. Okay. And it's all about prioritizing your time. But I think it was refreshing for me to hear that being that like, oh, like, you know, view sunlight or walk with your shoes off yeah. outside make and sure like you run before. Work. Yeah, sure I work feel out. good when I do that stuff. But then I started to develop these superstitions that like I'm only going to be at my optimal 
working capacity. If I get my workout. If I get my workout. If I get my cold bath. If I'm fasted. If if I meditate. If I meditate. If I journal for 20 minutes. If I, you know, the 5 a.m. routine. loop of like, if you don't do it, like you're saying, you you have a bad day. Right. Then you're superstitious that I need. And he makes a good point. If all of these things, like the ice bath, is to build stress resilience, if I feel like I don't, I'm not at my optimal place to work, if I haven't done it, then I'm not very resilient to stress. Yeah. Then I'm like, I'm in this headspace of like, oh, didn't get my push-ups in or whatever. I'm not going to be as mentally right. I'm not optimal. the best version of myself right now. Yeah, I think I, it's, I it was just- I perform like I want to. Yeah. And it's just a, it's a, it's an illusion. It's a false perception. Yeah, it's a good way to sell people stuff. Yeah. If, you, if you're selling like blue light blockers or whatever. For sure. Or if, if you've got a product that is supposed to optimize someone's life, that's great. But to hear that is refreshing because it just removes pressure. And he's a billionaire. And he's like, the billionaires that I know, they don't do any of that shit. They <laughs> wake up and get to work. Like, Oh, fuck. You know? Well, like, that's that's, that's yeah, awesome. It's a concept. You know, and like, in my yoga studies, um, they tell us to kind of do this. Like, prioritize your energy. You know, if it is creating stress for you getting to class at 6 a.m., mm. don't go to class. You know, start your morning off in your own way and just get to work and then do class later on. It's not the end of the world. Uh, so, being a, a yoga class. Like yoga if you're going to try and hit yeah. a 6 a.m. yoga class. Exactly. And it's like an analogy for, you know, a 6 a.m. workout, sure. a 6 a.m. Yeah, yeah. ice plunge, whatever it may be. If you're able to save energy and be more productive, then that is more beneficial to you in the long run than in the short term. Right? So. Yeah. That's interesting. That's a good point. I like that. Yeah. yeah. And him being a millionaire. <laughs> billionaire. Billionaire. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> With a B. With a B. Damn, dude. That's crazy. That's also like um I Ben Greenfield, right? Yeah. You know, you know, yeah, you of know course. Ben Greenfield. Yeah. yeah. Very particular guy, you know, does his own thing, his own ways. He posted something that a friend sent me of like, you know, if you're only getting close to God or being spiritual and and you only do that when you like microdose, when you smoke mm. a joint, when you add a drug and then you get spiritual, that kind of shows that you kind of have a weird relationship with your spirituality. You have mm. a weird relationship with God mm. or you need this external substance to get close to source. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And like that is something that, you know, it's 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 a great way to get into spirituality but the Mm -hmm. goal is to like wean off of that and just have it normally sure and i think you catch a lot of like oh i need it to be spiritual because of like the podcast we listen to yeah all the influence because (laughs) i (coughs) because ayahuasca will change your life and this and that dude i know people who do a lot of ayahuasca <laughs> that are not any more enlightened than right. the average guy who doesn't do ayahuasca. Yeah. Um, that's not as to say it's not a, could be a beautiful medicine. I'll probably do it one day. One when, day. When the time is right. Probably only once. But you make a great point that I shouldn't rely on it. I I, I would rather not rely on it to, to feel that connection. Although if I'm going to use it, I'd rather already have some sort of practice in place. It's like, for me, it's like microdosing on a run. Right. If I don't run and then I microdose and run, I'm 
you know, the, the experience, I, I can still be experiencing pain and like still kind of in my own way mentally because it's hard cardio. If I already have a practice of running and then I take the microdose, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm already in the groove of my practice. Right. Now I'm just enhancing what's already there. It's not as intense. It's I can find that flow uplifting. of yeah. like getting my heart rate down. and. Whereas if it's like one of your first times running or you don't do it often, it could become a very intense, yeah, unenjoyable experience. Right. And then I don't want to need the microdose to run every time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, yeah, man. why stop at a microdose? <laughs> <laughs> the best is when you're like, you know, fasted and... And you think it's a micro, and it ends up being a little <laughs> too much. A little, it's a little more like a macro. <laughs> a little bit more like a macro. And then it's like, oh, this is what that's like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So tread carefully with those micros. Tread kids. lightly. Or don't. Or, or don't. <laughs> or you know? send it. Just get to know yourself a little bit. Yeah. Which, speaking about it, you know, when I last asked you um, how you felt about the run, I think I asked you, like, when we worked out, which was probably like Saturday, I think we we hit chest Saturday night. Yep. And I asked you, how, how do you feel, bro? Like, how was the run? You told me, I feel like I know myself more. Mm, like, I yeah. got to know myself a little bit better. Yep. And, you know, if you could just kind of go into that and like, how was the run for you? Yeah. Let's, let's dive into the juice. Let's do it. Great bro. question, brother. I appreciate you. I appreciate the setup. Of course. You tossed of course. me a, a meatball there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a hit. Well, hearing that just had me reflecting on my own experience. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. what better way to kick it off? You know? Yeah, man. So I, I, I think that came to my mind. Like I got to know myself a little bit better. Every time someone asks me about the run, I, I say something a little bit different. Maybe I'm feeling more called to share about the positivity or the or the pain or like the things surrounding the run that made the journey a whole experience. Um, but for you, as like because we experienced it together, that's what came up as to, you know, what I wanted to share with you about it is that I did get to know myself more throughout that experience. And the ways that I got to know myself really was was twofold. There are two perspectives through lenses through which I got to see myself better. One was through like carrying this intention of having a positive attitude throughout the day. When you and I set out to hit that canyon, we brought good karma with us. And I don't want to get too spiritual, but the energy that we carried literally like it not only it it not only changed our experience but it changed the experience of everybody else who crossed paths with us, paths with us that day on saturday on saturday yeah. throughout the run because we had such a positive attitude and we're just so stoked to be out there yeah. in our experience everybody who we saw was like hey good morning have a great hike how are you how's it going like beautiful day, all of this stuff, little things that, that just break the ice yeah. that let someone know, Hey, I'm having a good time. I'm here to be positive with you. If you reciprocate that, like, let's be friends, you know? Yeah. And, um, that was a source of energy. Like we fed off of that energy totally for the whole day. And these are people we're seeing along the trail. Yeah. These are just random, just, you know, passerby. You know, 30 second, 45 second interactions. Yeah. That 
literally gave us energy yeah. as we moved on. It was like eating food. It was like eating caffeine. It was like a little like energy snack. Yeah, like, <laughs> give me some of yours real quick. Yeah, I'll, I'll take give a little you some bit. Of mine. Yeah, we'll we'll recycle this energy together. Yeah. Um, and now there were other people. We did run into someone else on the trail. One person in particular who I'm thinking of that was also doing this run that didn't quite have the same attitude. And by the end, when things started to get tough, he didn't look as happy to be there. Oh, you're talking about our guy, did. our guy, Kyle. our guy. Yeah, we don't have to shout him out. <laughs> I mean, we don't know his yeah, last name. Just he lives Ky- in Lake Travis, <laughs> <laughs> which is a cool coincidence. Kyle, anonymous Kyle. Anonymous um, Kyle. But it brings on this fiftieth, which is dope. Amazing. I'm like, I, I that's goals for me. I want to be that at guy. Phantom Ranch first. I think. Yes, we ran into him at Phantom Ranch first, yeah. again at the North Rim, and then again at Phantom, Phantom Ranch. Ranch. Phantom Ranch on the way back, he was not having a good time. Dude, I mean, I don't blame him. Yeah, I mean, either. I don't blame him either, but I think this is some of the lessons that you start to learn from the Ultra, or at least that I learned. It brings to mind a quote that I think I shared it with you, um, and I, this is paraphrased, but I think it was Mike Tyson that said, a happy competitor is a dangerous competitor. Now he's talking about fighting, so dangerous means like he's gonna kick your ass. Right. But uh, a happy competitor, um, if they're already starting high, it's harder to knock them down. Yeah. If they're starting mid to low, even if they're like you know using an angry energy, once you beat it, once they get to low, it's it's easier to to knock them down. Once the anger goes away. Yeah. Like, once you get hit in the face, right? Hit in the face, or like in Mike Tyson's case, you're in round ten. And you're not angry anymore. Right. Because you just you're literally exhausted. let it all out. Yeah. You your adrenals don't have any more anger to give. Yeah. So you're like chilled out now. You're no longer angry. And what's that secondary source of energy? You know what I mean? If you're not happy, if you're not, if you don't have a source of happiness to pull from. Yeah. It's going to be tough. Yeah. And uh, speaking of like sources to pull from, I, I definitely was asking myself a few times throughout the run, not super present. But, um, and I'll, I'll use this to transition to my second perspective of like ways that I got to know myself is, um, I asked myself like, why, yeah. like, why am I here? <laughs> why am I doing this? Dude. And like, that's most normal people who aren't well-versed in ultra, or maybe they don't find it inspiring or motivating. That's the first question that they ask right. when you tell them I ran 50 miles. Why? Why? It wasn't a race. It wasn't an organized event. There was nobody, like, cheering me on throughout. Um, At all. At all. Except saying hello to people. Right. Um, People will ask you why even when you run a race. Yeah. Like a marathon. Yeah, even when it is. Why the fuck would you go do that? Yeah. And so I, I don't have a definite answer to that. Nothing came to me while I was on the run. Nothing is coming to me, like... Of why. Of why. Like, I could kind of, like, make up some things, makes me a better person. Like, that's super vague in general, right? It's not like a concrete, I have to do X in order to get to Y. It's just like, you know, I'm not exactly sure why I'm doing it yet. And to this day, I still don't have, like, a real answer. Mm -hmm. But it's something that's really good to contemplate just for your daily life. Like, I think it's good to question why we're doing things um and and to like really check in and assess like where that momentum where your energy is directed towards Mm. um and so like this got into a little bit of like 
the pain cave. Yeah. And that's where I did a lot of the learning about myself. I'll share a quick little uh, anecdote, a quick little story. Um, so after Phantom Ranch on the way back, so now we're like 41, 42, 42. miles in, starting the final ascent. The sun's going down. Our our plan was we started early, and our plan was to get back by sunset. Yeah, started so we, at 4.45. About 4.45 we started is when yeah. we really dropped in. And we wanted our goal, like we mentioned in the first or the the second episode when we announced it, was 15 hours. Yeah. So that would have put us at like 7, 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. sunset time. Right. Um, and so sun was going down. There was a part when we got to the north rim, it, it was like pretty apparent that we weren't going to make it back by sunset. Yeah. But there's still a piece of me that was like, oh, maybe if I fucking well, pull together and, and send yeah. it, like well, we can context. get there. From the south rim to Phantom Ranch is nine miles. Right. From Phantom Ranch to Cottonwood is eight miles. And then from Cottonwood to the north rim, it's probably like 10, 11, 12 miles. Mm-hmm. So when we were up at the north rim, it had taken us about nine hours to get there. Maybe eight. We chilled for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were like trying to debate when we were going to get back. And the other people doing it, they're just like, especially Kyle really told us, he's like, just get back to Phantom. It's all you need to worry about. And yeah. then it's just a final ascent. Yeah. Right. So we were hopeful and making it back on time because we were only worried about getting back to Phantom from the North Rim. Like we right. weren't even thinking about finishing. Yeah, it was it was nice to uh, to break it down into segments, you know, like yeah. mentally. But there was still a part of me that was like, I wanted to get to the top of the the South Rim by sunset for sure. Um, but that would have taken like an incredible feat of of well, when we physicality. Got back, when we got back to um, Cottonwood, it wasn't. Uh, it was like two or three. It was like three thirty, about. And you're like, dude, I think we can make it back to Phantom Ranch by five. Yeah. Because it was eight miles and, you know, hour and a half, two hours. We can knock that out. It's all flat. We felt mm-hmm. strongest mm-hmm. at the base of the canyon. For sure. Because that's, you know, we trained. We flat. found our flat home. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was nice. I like the valleys yeah. type shit. So, and we, we sent it. Like, we sent it. We had a good go on the flat. Some of the best running back. of my life. Yeah. Like, truthfully, like, like on the way out there, I felt really strong. Um, coming down the north rim, I felt strong, and then on the flats, you kind of took over, and, and you felt your strongest, it seemed like, mm-hmm. on the second round of flats. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. That was, uh, we caught a good wave. I caught a good wave. Yeah. There, Dude, from sure. the north rim to Cottonwood, that was a great wave. Yeah. When we were just running, it was like finally yeah, hitting It was so flat. nice to be going down to flat Dude, a little bit more. It was nice to run. You yeah. Know? It was nice to run. And, and not be trekking uphill. Yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. was that North Rim climb was gnarly. <laughs> yeah, it was like, tough, man. So, I I feel like we got to add some more context to this. Okay, so I, I do want to come back and share my my little story because it's it's sure. it's personal to to me. But uh, um, I'm here to give some more context to like our our full day because your story is from Phantom Ranch to the ending. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So let's what let's get them cool. There. Yeah, let's go chronological. Yeah. So wake up. Do you want to start from the day of the canyon or the, the drive? <laughs> Just like quick drive preview. Sure. Or, well, or I think debrief. I think the the full trip is important to to mention just because it felt like a bit of like Murphy's law like 
anything that could happen did happen on the way out there. on the way out there like if like we were being tested a little bit dude the sec- this race started the second we left austin yeah it it didn't start when we dropped in the canyon no it started when we left our home it started home. thursday morning the 15th yep when we left one we wanted to leave at 4 didn't leave till 5 yeah Classic. Classic. You know, we should have expected that. Classic. We drive out. Um, we didn't get much sleep the night before. Um, and we're um we switched driving because you're getting a little tired. So you jump in the back, take a nap. I'm driving. Mm-hmm. I find some coffee. I find a groove in driving. Then we stop again. And I'm like, I gotta get this work meeting in at like 1 30. That's yeah. that's really the only thing that's we're worried about that day. Yeah. And we're driving. We pop on a podcast. I'm deep in this podcast. Yeah. Might be on a couple of Tiger Snusses. This is great. And I'm just whipping down the Texas Highway going west. Yep. Going, I think it was like 75. And 85. I was going like a smooth, it was 85. Yeah. 80, yeah. You're going 85 in the 75. Yeah. I was going like a smooth 95. <laughs> Yo, for like sure. Smooth 95. I saw the speedometer. And I'm like, ooh, he's I'm up like, there. I'm like, holy shit. And like, dude, I'm zo- like, I can't explain this enough. I was so zoned in on driving, looking a mile down the road and the podcast that I'm not worried about what's behind me right now. I'm like, yeah. let me just focus on forward. Let me. Anyways, I look up. And I don't know how long it was following us, but I look up and boom, caught behind us. We got pulled over. Pulled son. over. The lights are up behind us. And it I'm was like, early, too. It was early, <laughs> it was early to it get was pulled like 9 over. AM, bro. <laughs> this cop needs to take a break, man. <laughs> Excuse me. And um, I'm like, fuck, we're getting pulled over. And um, it was not uh, your, I mean, it was a typical, you know, getting pulled over on the side of the highway. I'm driving too fast. The guy comes up and, you know, um, let's just say we were a little nervous. <laughs> we were a little, we were just a little nervous. A little ner- you never want a cop to search your car. No, never. Especially, like, we have everything we need on us for the whole weekend. Let's just <laughs> yeah, say that. Yeah. We have our supplies for the weekend. We have food um, <laughs> and supplies. And, and our dog. Our dog and, you know, whatever things you need for the woods. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... He ends up being super nice, and um, I just, you know, I kind of, like, was one. We didn't have any seatbelts in the back, so uh, it was it was a pretty safe ride. But there was no seatbelts in the back. He asked for my wallet. My wallet was in the back. He takes a look in the back. He's like, oh, is there, are they not wearing seatbelts? Immediately, I want to be honest with this guy. I was not going to lie to a police officer on that day. Never. And never. No. Well, they, <laughs> well, never, never. Not when you know you're fucked. Yeah. So I made sure to tell him, yeah, like, we don't have seatbelts in the back. We're on our way to the Grand Canyon. We're going to do this charity run. And, you know, we're just super excited. And he seemed to really like that story, was excited for us, and gave me a citation, gave um, Rainbow a citation, mm-hmm. and then let us go on our way. So, boom, first stop. Then we no longer are speeding. We're driving. Um, we get to Albuquerque, New Mexico. I'm taking my meeting finally. And long story short, um, you know, we're hyped. Everything's going good. Long story short, my boss tells me that the team's laid off. My entire team and my company got laid off unexpectedly. Out um, of nowhere. Out of nowhere. You know what I mean? Like, it things like... I have clients and customers in Austin that depend on me and I have relationships with them. Like I'm an account manager. You know what I mean? Like 
I always thought I had value with the company for that reason, because I pretty much run the Austin market for this company with my sales rep and she depends on me every day. So this was like way out of left field, super unexpected. And, um, it was honestly just like the biggest punch in the gut for me. I did not know how to handle it. And I was like quiet for like two, three hours after that. And I'm not going to lie to you. The first thoughts were like, fuck, I need to get back to Austin and figure this out. Sure. Cause I just, I just lost my job yep. and I'm out here on the way to the fucking Grand Canyon to do this run that like, we're not getting paid for <laughs> Nope. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I had close friends and family tell me like, dude, are you sure you want to do this? Like oh, maybe yeah. you shouldn't do this mm. type shit. And, um, deep down, like, you know, I, I knew I wanted to go do it. So I was doing it, but this was just a, such a curveball, bro. And it just sent me left, sent me. It was a punch in the face. Yeah. Anyways, I get past it. Um, did anything else happen that day? I think that was the that was the big that was the big thing. Like I got laid off. Gut. It was a punch in the gut. I wanted to cry. I didn't cry. And um, we finally make it to Flagstaff. I'm calmed down. Like I loved that we were in Flagstaff. We had the cool Airbnb. Mm-hmm. You know, it had been like six hours of driving after that, maybe even more. Mm-hmm. And we were just kind of vibing at this point. Yep. We get back. We're hungry. We get pizza. There's some apple pie for us. Your mom was super clutch in sending that stuff for <laughs> yeah, us. Yeah, that was nice. That was so nice. And um, the next day we're going to go to uh, REI Friday morning and just completely, I need to mute that. And we're just going to completely do a big haul and just get ready for the weekend. Get so all, we've got all our, we've got a lot of supplies to get. Yeah. Like got to get our, our, my running vest. Yeah. I needed to get poles. We need both needed to get poles. Gloves. We need to make sure we had nutrition, water. Yeah. Everything. Th- things we may have been able to, <laughs> to take care of before the day before. before but, yeah. <laughs> but in classic bro style, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we got things the last second. And we got it done. And we got it done. Um, um, but the the wrench that, that showed up that day was as I was checking out from REI, like late, getting my poles or whatever I was getting. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm using these for the canyon, doing this 50-mile go tomorrow. And the girl at the counter is like, oh, well, like, did you hear about the water? Like, they turned it off. And this is news to me because we're counting on every water station, period. Like, everyone that we we needed, and we were mapping it out around having all the water stations up. Well, that gave us a lot of confidence because people were like, oh, it's not supported. There's no tents to help you out, but right. But we've got these water stations like at least to, yeah. to rest our feet and get water. fuel up. Yeah, and uh, she tells us that the water's out, like because it was uh, a virus. Or yeah, something, some right? virus. There was like a pipeline <laughs> leak and a virus. So then, as the night before, like you know, eight at eight p.m. We're driving to the campsite. We're driving to the campsite. The run is the next morning at. We're getting four. up at like four. We're you getting know, up at like three thirty. Getting up at three thirty, yeah. And this, so we've got like six, seven hours until it's starting. And we find out that there's we find no out water. that there's a lot of the water stations are turned off. Yeah. And <laughs> so that was just a, you know, like my girlfriend's nervous. Are you sure you want to do this? Like maybe you could postpone. Maybe take another day, dude. I was this close. To being like, hey, let's take one more day off and do it on Sunday. I felt that. 
so that we can make sure that we have all the waters, the waters are a go and we have our nutrition. We can make um, sure that everything's going to work Make sure out. everything's okay. We get to the campsite, get all our stuff figured out. And I didn't, I knew, I told Rainbow that in private because I knew if I said it out loud, then there would be this like questionable energy yeah. of like, are we gonna, are we, like, should, we, should we, do? should we really, or should well, we not? Well, when you told me. I was driving to the campsite, yeah. and y'all were in the back eating, uh, like the Thai food that we picked up, uh -huh. or Vietnamese food. And you said it, you just told me, and you didn't, like, you whispered to Rainbow, I didn't hear that. Yeah. But in my head, I'm like, I'm like, of course there's one, of course there's no water. And two, I had a feeling in me that we, we were going to be all right. Yeah. So I was like, in my head, I'm like, I'm going down this fucking canyon. I didn't know where your head was at. Yeah. But I was like, I hope Nick's all right. I hope Nick still <laughs> wants to send it, but I'm going down tomorrow. Like, there's nothing stopping me. Like, the the whole job thing was, I had emotions in me, bro. I yeah. had to, like, send this. You know, I just had to. Mm -hmm. And um, when you said that, it was definitely a place of, like, is this happening? Are we doing this? You know what's nice about that, though? You know what's nice about, like, that mindset is we have, we had a goal, we had a mission. So then, like, despite the the challenges or the obstacles that were going to be brought up along the way, having our mission, like, we were raising money for our charities. We said we were going to do it, and so we did it. And having that mission so crystal clear it became easy to see the challenges as opportunities to grow and become stronger. And like, I, I didn't bring that up to you. I confided in my girlfriend because I knew if I brought it up to you, then it would show my lack of commitment to the mission, regardless of the obstacle, the challenge. Talk to the side of it. Okay. It's not picking up your voice very well. Okay. How's this? Yeah, that's probably actually a lot better. Yeah, wonderful. So well, it's nice to have that. Um, yeah. that, that clarity. So we, we were given the wrench, you know, like yeah. very, like that, that felt like the final test well, from the universe. Like, <laughs> are you going to do it? Like, how willing are you to go to jump through hoops to like, get it done? It's almost like, where's your faith at? Where do you, how much do you believe in yourself right now? Yeah. And like your faith was God, tested, like in God, faith like, was tested, faith was tested in those moments. Yep. And um, did you see, uh, did our phone tell us anything in those moments? Like, dude, yeah. So I, I was doing research and all I got was news stories telling me that, you know, three out of the, however many water stations were turned off. Yeah. Um, so that it wasn't good news from the phone. And of course it's a fucking news story. So the headline was like, Dangerous water yeah. in the canyon. It's like local news. Yeah. Five people dead. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to die too. <laughs> like, God, they For got sure. me. A little bit. They I got me. I remember you telling me that it was only three that seemed to be out, which mm -hmm. gave me a little bit of hope. Yeah, there was always, like, the Phantom Ranch was always supposed to be on. Conwood was on. Conwood was on. Northrum was Northrum on. Northrum was on. Those yeah. three were definitely on. Which, like, in my mind was like, all right, that yeah. seems to be enough. Yeah. You know? Um, and so we got up next morning and we get down in the canyon. It's cold as shit. It's cold as fuck. Like 46 degrees. Um, to us Texas boys, that is that cold. That is cold. Yeah, that, is cold. <laughs> that is cold. Um, uh, we drive to the Angel, Bright Angel Trailhead. Mm -hmm. 
um, right on the south rim of the canyon. Yep. Pull up. Um, it's dark as shit outside. You can't see anything. We're like getting ready, you know, taking pictures, making sure everything's ready to go. You're jackhammering by the side yes. of the car. Oh, I'm literally vibrating. Like, yeah. My body. Yeah. And I think I was trembling yeah. and vibrating. Like, it was just both. Yeah, it was everything. Um, <laughs> and then <laughs> my girl, rainbow was like, Juan, like you're you're shivering. Like, are you okay? You're like, I'm just excited. <laughs> and it was like I'm not so excitement. Excited. Yeah. <laughs> But um, we start to approach the canyon. We say our goodbyes and we start going down, dude. And it's like pitch black. You can only see like a few feet in front of you. Mm-hmm. And you look out into the canyon and it's just a black pit. Yeah. And you just see massive walls. Just a like, void. Just a void. Yeah. And we were entering, dropping into the void, mm-hmm. you know, and it felt like a familiar place to be mm. with you. Yeah, was awesome. <laughs> the uh, void. <laughs> yeah, the void. Like, yeah, definitely felt like we were prepared. Yeah, you know, mentally, mentally we had seen it. Physically, uh, that was the test. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, dropping in the beginning mentally, I was like, I'm ready for this. Um, it takes us about. I don't know how long it took us to get down, dude. No idea. We got down. Like I did. Seven. I did for the the only time throughout the entire run, that either of us ate shit and fell. I fell on our way down to South The very beginning. The very beginning. Yeah. We couldn't see shit. It was hard to see. It was probably the most dangerous, like, one of the, very, it wasn't yeah. unexpected that I fell. Like, it was just hard to see you're going downhill. Yeah. The rocks are, were unstable. For sure. I stepped on a couple of rocks and my ankles were like, you know, if I, if I had regular shoes, like I was wearing those ultras, the wide foot ones, mm-hmm. if I had those narrow ones, I think my ankle would have probably been twisted within the first four or five miles yeah it was, it was a nice little kept us like mentally yeah. sharp very like green belt vibes it was green belt yeah, vibes like the beginning was just like the green belt yeah and sun started to rise and it it was so uh like similar of to the uh album the the eagles album yeah, you know the it was like an Eagles album cover. Yeah, at it the was canyon with the sun as the too. sun was rising. Oh, it was so sick! It was beautiful. It, it was, was amazing. Um, and the whole like I think the night before we were driving in at sunset and we were bumping the Eagles and like yes, you're driving through Arizona. Listen to the Eagles. <laughs> play the Eagles. Play the Eagles. Play best of the Eagles on hit shuffle. And then, boom, you're, <laughs> and then you're good. That's <laughs> what that music's made for. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> but um, we get down uh. Felt strong. We're conserving on water. Got to Phantom Ranch and saw that, saw Kyle. Mm-hmm. He was running 50 on his 50th. Mm-hmm. He had done it before. And he was with a group. And we, I felt relatively strong leaving Phantom Ranch in the morning. Yeah. Um, and then we finally hit the base of the canyon. And that's when I took caffeine. That was my first caffeine intake of the day. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it was huge. Like, I felt so much energy in that middle part where I ran... I think all the way from, we ran all the way from Phantom Ranch to Cottonwood, yep. stopping at the uh, one other water station like one time, mm-hmm. being super conservative on the, on the uphills and yep. the uphills we were. And so tracking. we came to find, I'm not sure if we mentioned this, all of the water stations were on that yes. day. We were taken care of that day. Like yes. we did, we actually passed one. I think there was one that was shut off and that was like the very top one it's like the 1.5 mile on the south rim rim. that was turned off the rest were on i think on the way to the north rim we actually passed one of the water stations that was on we skipped it we skipped it we were doing really good on water at that point Um, yeah nearing the the north rim the scenery really changes 
the rocks turn like really red mm-hmm. and there's a lot more green a lot more life more it's like water. zion vibes out it's there it's beautiful man it's gorgeous i was blown away dude it felt like we were no longer in our world it yeah felt like a different world different dimension like it was fucking cool it was out there man yeah um we get to conwood and we feel strong we're probably like 18 16 18 miles in and we begin to seemingly go up to the north rim <laughs> yeah after conwood, there is some hills right yeah away. yeah you're you're like ascending a little bit yeah. there's some elevation <laughs> yeah. it's not flat not flat you're going up and you're you the thing is with these with these rims is you get a lot of um elevation in a short amount of time mm-hmm. so when we did that first ascent up the north rim it felt like we were halfway there <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like Nick, we're almost there, yeah, bro. Like, almost there. That's too. that's a really funny video because <laughs> yeah. it it just shows us how fucked we really were. <laughs> yeah. It's like there's some there's we can see it, dude. We must be close. <laughs> we can, they were working like halfway up, and yeah. we thought that was the top. Yep. Um, then all of a sudden, you hit this point where you start to go down again. Yeah. And we're like, why the fuck are we going down right now? Like <laughs> yeah. this should not be happening. And. We finally see some other people, and I think we asked somebody, like, yo, how much more do we have? Because mm-hmm. we were like, it's got to be, like, a mile and a half left, maybe, like, an hour or more. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you have four miles to go. Yeah. You're just starting. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit, like, we're just starting. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, I still feel strong. We're still under 26 miles. You know, this is the first climb. We've been waiting for this. Mm-hmm. And we have our poles. So we're sending it up. I felt like in high school. Yeah, we're trudging. Yeah, Yeah, we're we're going at a good pace, too. We were, dude. Um, However, when we got, uh, I think there was a water station that we got to closer to the top. And I found out the mistake. And this happens all the time with the Grand Canyon, from my experience in the past. Yeah. And people who are climbing up. You're always tempted to ask somebody. How much farther do I have? <laughs> never ask that question. You will never get. A you good will answer. never get a good the answer that you're looking for. Ever. So I asked the it's guy true, when I'm like, "All right, it's got to be just around the corner. Like it's got to be right there." Yeah. Why do they have a water station so close? I don't know, but it's got to be right there. And I asked the dude, and he's like, two miles." And the we had been climbing. Two climbing. miles doesn't sound like a lot sitting here, but it's two miles up yes it's not two miles across it's two miles going up and we had been climbing for like a good two hours already Mm -hmm. when you heard this yep so it felt like we had killed three three and a half miles by now easily yeah because we were already out there for so long yeah and to hear you have two more miles it it goes from this place of like all right i got this to like wow like i really have to put my head down and just go for it yep you know and we still had food we still had water we still had salt so i wasn't gonna like nutritionally, calorically, I was filled. Mm-hmm. I knew I was fine. Mm-hmm. But I'm climbing and I'm sweating. You know, I'm losing oxygen. My I'm getting short of breath, and mm-hmm. I'm like, I know it's not my nutrition. Why the fuck is this happening? Yeah. And it's it was my first experience of just like climbing after running. Yeah, so and the altitude had a big big part into play yeah. in that. And uh, so as as we were ascending up the North Rim, the real like, I was tested throughout like for my mental like focus and like a bit and my mental like grit to get it done as soon as we got into cell phone range i get like 
three texts back to back. Bing, bing, bing. And I'm like, at first I'm like, I'm not going to check that. Then I get another one, bing. And I'm like, all right, I'm just going to see what's going on. Check my phone real quick. And the my roommate who's watching my dogs back in Austin is like, hey, Ziggy's cut. He's got to go to the hospital. I think he needs stitches. Yeah. Like, can, should I take him in? He sent me a picture of the wound, deep cut on his right shoulder. I remember you taking this call. I had to take that call. And seeing you, like, take a call, and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, why are you taking <laughs> a call, bro? Like, We're doing our first down. ultra, bro. Just climb. Like, I'm just going to put my head down and climb, but it was a very important thing. Yeah. Um, so how was that for you? Was it that? Oh, man. Because didn't, I didn't really ask you about that. I, I mean, I think I was already at a place where my adrenals weren't in a place to get overly stressed about it. Yeah. I had like a healthy response to it. It's like, hey, take him in. You know, I'll do what I can. Let me get on the phone about the credit card and all this. Wow. Fortunately, my roommate had got in touch with my girlfriend and she was like, hey, I'll take care of it. He got back to me and was like, hey, I'm going to take care of him. Focus on the run. You're you're good. So that was helpful knowing that I had people that I could like trust to be responsible and accountable in those moments. It's really limited in what you could do. Yeah. I'm in the Grand Canyon. (laughs) I'm 40 miles deep. Yeah. Yeah. 25 miles deep. 20 deep. Yeah. Damn, dude. What a a curveball. So that was another like Murphy's Law wrench in our plan. Getting ripped, dude. Getting ripped. How. How much can you can one person take before like you like snap? We didn't hit that point nope. at all during the trip. No. God bless. God bless. You know what I mean? And that just speaks to the type of people we are. I think I learned that about myself even more. Mm. We're like, if you have a goal, there's always shit that's gonna come up outside of your control. And that's what's gonna separate you from everyone else. You either, you know, respond from a reactive point. Or uh, I guess a better way to say it is you just react, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or you respond. Right, right. Right? You mm-hmm. react or you respond. You know, we responded. Yeah. We were calm. We responded. I'm proud of us for that. Yeah, me the too. Whole, the whole time. Like, it gives me confidence. Yeah. One, traveling with you and Rainbow. And two, like, you know, life is going to throw shit at us, bro. Like, yeah. We can handle that shit. <laughs> we ramble on, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so we get... We, we get, get up to the, the North Rim. Yeah, best feeling What ever. a relief, dude. dude. Maybe my favorite part of the whole run <laughs> yeah. was getting to the North Rim. And it was refreshing how many people were up there. Mm-hmm. We saw that guy, Mike, um, and his group. They had started before us. They were hiking the whole thing, which in a way is harder. Yeah. We're out there twice as long. Yeah, man. You know, and like we're up in the North Rim replenishing. Um, my legs were fucking toast, dude. Like, yeah. I... That was the hardest climb ever. That yeah. was the hardest climb ever. Yeah. I, it was also at that point that I realized after checking my watch that we did not pack enough calories of food. Yeah. Um, by that point, I had already burned about 4,500 calories, 4,500. We packed maybe like 1,500. <laughs> like maybe. I think it's a little Dude, generous, man. but we packed maybe 1,500 yeah, calories. I'd say we had like 600 in like uh, supplements or goose. The goose and the powder. And, and the rest was like nuts and, and fruit. Yeah. So looking back, we would have packed way more of the goose, the gels, the... Just more calories. More calories. Shout out Spring Energy. 
For real. If I'm going to set my sights on a sponsor, Spring Energy, Spring bro, Energy. I love them. Sponsor, not sponsor. You <laughs> yeah. guys actually use great ingredients. Yep. The caffeine was clean. Felt good on my stomach. Good. It tasted great. Good calories. Thank God for Spring Energy. Yeah. Because I've tried like a Cliff Bar before. Or I've tried like those goos with high sugar, like unnatural, like added sugars. Yeah. Fucks my stomach up. Not right? a fan of the goos. Me neither. And all of the like generic, like Classic processed shit. chemicals they put yeah. in there. That might be good for three miles. Yeah, if you're going you for bitch. a three mile go, <laughs> you pussy. Little bitch. <laughs> okay, sorry. Um, um, but we chill for like 20, 30, 40 minutes. Kyle's up there. He meets us up. He gets there after a little while. He's in high spirits. You yeah, know, he yeah. He made us laugh a little bit. I'm yeah. like, all right, like this is cool. And he's like, dude, like he had done it before, so I was listening to him. And he goes, just get back to Phantom. That's it. And then, you know, nine miles to go back up. We start going down. Um, and you're able to run down a little bit. I'm, like, slow to get going. Mm. And I hit a point to where, like, we're going downhill. And I'm trying to, like, resist the downhill where I'm trying to catch myself with each step. And it's just burning my quads out even more. Mm-hmm. So I decide to, like, kind of pick up my poles and just, like, just run. You know what I mean? Gravity's going to do the work. All I have to do is just make sure one foot is in front of the other. And that was so much fun, bro, because, like, I'd done that here many times, like, running downhill. Like, there's a fear in me that you'll fall or trip. But, you know, when you send it and you trust your feet, like, you're not going to fall. They know how to keep you up. (laughs) So, like, we made it down in, like, less than two hours. What took us four hours to go up, we made it down, like, half the time. Yeah. Got to Cottonwood or, or... did we get to Cottonwood at that point? There was a there was a water station on the way to yeah. Cottonwood. And we felt so good at that point. Dude. I felt great. We're just drinking water just to drink water, like yeah. before our fill-ups. Yeah, because we're trying to get ahead of it, stay on top sure. of it. And then we send it back to Cottonwood. Great push. Like that was one of the best pushes of the day. Yeah. Um and then from Cottonwood to Phantom Ranch, like I was fucking dead, dude. I was not running out of there. And then you tell me that running your knee hurts less when you're running yeah so you were like i'm just gonna take off and you did and i was like i'm how so happy for you to be able to do that because mm-hmm. like you know it's that was being able to run is such a motivating thing that like if you're able to sustain it you just get like so uplifted and you're just able to just go so seeing you take off and do that like in my head i was like all right i'm gonna hike for a little bit but i'm gonna get running too because he's doing it i can do it you know mm-hmm. what i mean it was very motivating for me and the whole way you're like leaving messages with people on the trail which is dope. <laughs> yeah and then these guys are like looking for kyle and they see me and the guy goes hey your buddy said uh uh catch a wave and just ride it <laughs> he's like your buddy says he loves you catch a wave and just ride it and like i was resisting the pain i was like what the fuck and then you said that and i heard that and i was like catch a wave and just ride it so on the next little like downhill spurt I caught that wave and I didn't stop running until Phantom Ranch. Let's go. And that shit was phenomenal, dude. It was Let's like go. the best run of my life. Fuck it was like yeah. a good six mile push. And I'm just like, at this point, you know, I'm assuming you're at Phantom. And I'm like, oh, hopefully he's there. Maybe you moved on. But I was like, let me just get to Phantom. I was like, God, get, get me to Phantom, you know, and then like, I'll give you my all, but just get me there. And I pull up and you're sitting down. And I'm like, Nick, what's up, Moshe, oi. <laughs> and you're like, 
Feasting. Dude, a full five course <laughs> meal. Bro, you're eating steak. We like, had, like, we had steaks, dude. So let me let me take over because when I got to Phantom Ranch, all I was thinking is in my head is let me get this lemonade. I've heard stories about this lemonade. And in my head, I was like, I just that's all I wanted was the lemonade. From the store. But I knew that we were low on calories and I only had so many cashews left in my backpack. And I get <laughs> we <were so> <laughs> a little underprepared calorically. And we get to I get to Phantom Ranch and I can smell food. And I'm like, all right, here we go. Like there's people like vacationing there, whatever. And they're all like grubbing and eating. And I'm like, let's go. I'm getting lemonade. I walk up to the window, knock on the glass. Like, hey, can I just get some, like, can I just get some lemonade? And she opens a window and she's like, sorry, we're closed. Mm. And I was like, I think she just saw my face upon telling me that she, that she was <laughs> closed <laughs> like how much i was relying on that <laughs> to survive mentally yeah. and then so she's like closing the window and she takes a glance at me and i'm just probably look like the sorriest <laughs> motherfucker like, just, <laughs> just looking like defeat in my eyes bro if you're closed don't open the fucking window then stay closed bitch <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and uh so then she sees my face and then she's like all right i'll get you lemonade <laughs> And I'm like, so I pull out my card. She gives it to me for free. She's like, here, just take the lemonade. I'm like, thank you. Bless you. I go and sit down at a picnic table. And I'm overhearing these people talk around me. There's like nice white people just like on vacation. <laughs> just like, you know, dress nicely. And like, they're from like Connecticut or whatever. These are like some... White just people. like just some like, white people, just white nature people. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're not hunting. They're not running. They're not really. Good they're like nature. they're like minimal nature. <laughs> yeah. Like I'll take a a little bit of nature, but I want my air conditioning kind of white people. Yeah. And they're sitting at their picnic benches, and I hear like one lady. She's going over to the next table. Hey, do you want this salad? Like we didn't touch it. I'm not gonna eat it. And the table's like, oh, I'm not really sure, da da da. And I'm like, hey, I'll I'll fucking take that salad. I'll I'll eat that. And yes. she's like, oh sure. And they're they're so generous. And so then the rest of her table is like, oh, like, do you want anything else? Like, we've got steak. And I'm like, I'll fucking take your steak. I'll take any calories that you guys have to give me. So there were like some untouched steaks. They gave me the salad. Veggie soup. They gave us the soup. It was phenomenal. Phenomenal soup. There yeah. were potatoes with the steak. They gave us desserts to munch on. It was cornbread. Cornbread. At that point, like, the body just needed calories, yeah. and God it provided. Was it, was it was dinner, dinner time, time dude. And we were, like, 8,000 calories in the hole. In the hole. So bro. we were like, all right, I'm just going to put down whatever my body can we're take. Use it for this last climb. And, you know. It's so funny, bro. She, you bite into the steak or you've already been eating it. And, like, I'm eating it. I'm like, oh, my God, steak. Thank you. And she's like, they were so sweet and old. So nice. And she's like, it's warm. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's warm. She's like, it's soft. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. Like, I'm like, <laughs> thanks. I couldn't help but laugh. Yeah. Like, it was so funny. Yeah. They were, just, they were just wanting to help. They were wanting to pick our brain like, what are you guys doing out here? Yeah. And at this point, we're deep in the, we look like some savages. Like, yeah. look like we've been out for a while. I had some crazy eyes. I yeah, you had crazy eyes. eyes. Were a little swollen <laughs> For sure. Like, I don't know why they got swollen. It could have been some allergic reaction or... Just stress, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, I actually have some theories on that. Like, 
I've done Muay Thai in the past, so um, you know when you get punched in the face, you're. I I thought it was a way of like I've only been in that high of stress in like sparring, so my body recognized that and just like puffed up my face to like protect it from getting punched in the face. <laughs> I am not a scientist. Yeah. I am a moron. Yeah. Just know that. Yeah. Right, that's my theory. Yeah. So if you fight, just know your face will puff up. There you go. When you're going home. There you go. <laughs> Um, um so so we were blessed at Phantom we were Ranch. Blessed. That lemonade was phenomenal. We it was really good. You got some coffee. Yeah. Um and then we left and this is take it away. Yeah, man. Yeah. So when we, we left, left when we left Phantom, I was like still had like a little bit of wave in me. Yeah. And what I told you earlier was still true. The more I ran, the less my knee hurt. The more I walked or like the more I stopped, the more it was just like kind of getting a little unbearable. Um, and like, it wasn't sharp, but it was intense. Um, it was loud. It was loud. It was like when I started my ascent up the South Rim 20, 30 minutes in, and I knew I had a long way to go 20, 30 minutes in, it became every step I'm like grimacing. My face is like, Oh, like, Oh, like baring my teeth. It was not easy. Kind of pain. And it was actually when I was lifting my leg up. It wasn't when I was putting weight on it. It was when I was transferring it, which is really interesting. Um, and I passed these three ladies who were doing the hike. And I tell, still had like a little bit of wave left in me. And I passed them and they were like, you know, maybe they could just tell I was like in a tough spot. Uh, but they offered me things. I was like, no, I'm good. Like I've got water. I've got salt. I'm good to go. And then, like, I pass them by, and then 20, 30 minutes later, they catch up because I'm just stopped and, like, going really slow. My knee was really hurting at that point. I started to feel, and now I'll I'll bring this all around to this story for me, is um, my grandfather on my mom's side is a Vietnam War veteran. It's a Purple Heart recipient. He had his leg, I don't know if it was shot or, like, blown off or... Something happened to his leg. Yeah, and and so he's had a prosthetic leg for my entire life. All that I've known him, he's worn a prosthetic, like just bottom like piece to his leg and like always had a limp and always like kind of dragged that left foot, that left leg yeah. throughout like his entire life. Never let it show. Like never let it be like a hindrance on his life he's in just, any way. I met the man. Yeah. For like a good... 48 hours, I, I, yeah. I saw him. The patriarch of our family, like I didn't even know. the pillar. I didn't even know he had a, yeah. a, a bum leg. Yeah, yeah. And so I was kind of like, I hit a space where I was like really felt his presence with me. And I was just like getting to taste a little bit of the pain that he's had to live through like since he was my age in Vietnam. Yeah. So like that just opened up this like depth of gratitude in me that was like, ooh, if I let it open up, it may have overtaken me and I would have just been like a sobbing mess. So I kind of had to just like feed off of it in spurts, but I was still in a ton of pain. Um, And so that was really like transformative. That was a big takeaway for me. That's powerful because, you know, would you have had that experience if you weren't sending it 50 miles in the Grand Canyon. I don't think so. I don't think so either. At least not. You kind of created that for yourself rather than like 
God forbid a, an accident happens to your leg and you experience that in a different way. Mm -hmm. that's, that's beautiful, man. Yeah, it was, um, it was amazing to get to experience that level of pain and know deep down, like I never questioned whether or not I was going to finish. Yeah. It was just a matter of how long is it going to take me to get to the top. Yeah. And so in that moment, I really found out that like, damn, when I really am clear on one goal and that is in that moment, it was to get out of the fucking canyon. Yes. But when I'm in that, that pit of like pain, I can get shit done. Yeah. Like I have grit. I have tenacity and like I can I can push through a lot. I've got a lot of willpower. Um and so eventually those ladies caught up to me and they were like, "Hey, like take this Tylenol." And I'm like, "You know, I'm like I don't take Tylenol all the time." Yeah, we're hippies. Ever. We're hippies yeah. in that sense. I don't If I don't need it, need it, yeah. I won't take it. Unless it's green and it smells piney. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um but she gave me a 1000 milligrams of Tylenol and I was like, yeah, I need it in this moment. I need it. And so within like 30, 40 minutes, I had my knee back. Like I, it wasn't pain free, but I could walk without like grimacing. Um, and then they gave me a bunch of like candy and food that they packed. And I was just like, shout out these ladies yeah. on the trail. They were my trail angels that day. So piggyback off that, uh, I was 10 minutes behind you at that point. Yeah. And you had left 10 minutes later, they were still there. And I run into them and they were like, oh, are you, are you with Blondie? And they were like, yeah, he was just here. You're 10 minutes behind him. We gave him a bunch of food, a bunch of Tylenol. They offered me all this food, all these things. They were so gracious. Yeah. And I hit a point where I was still full from the meal before. From this point, from Phantom Ranch to this point, it was like the five-mile push. And I, I didn't run at all. Mm -hmm. my, my pain wasn't in my knees. It wasn't in my ankle. It wasn't a joint pain. It was purely muscle mm -hmm. and just quads. And I felt inside of me like this isn't a race. And I, I kind of held this close to me the whole time. This isn't a race. So let me just try to enjoy this and get through this. You know what I mean? I, I, I wanted, I want this to still be an enjoyable experience. Mm -hmm. This is the greatest thing I've ever done personally. Um, and I just want to enjoy it. You know what I mean? So I, I get to that point and I actually tell them I don't want any food. I think it was a big mistake. I should have got the, all the calories I needed. Yeah. Um, but I, I was chilling up until that point, and then I left. Why, why did you refuse the food? They, I asked them what they had, and one, there was a part of me that was like, it was part, of, part of it was pride to my own uh, detriment. Detriment. It was just pride. Yeah. It's like, uh, thanks. And it wasn't like, I don't need your food. It was like, don't worry about me. You guys are good. You guys have to do the same thing. Like, I'm okay. I'm all right. I'll, I'll be all right. And that was, you know, something that came out where, like, later on, I asked myself, like, why didn't you just take that food? Um, another reason in my head in the moment, they, they didn't offer anything I, like, particularly thought was tasty or, like, liked. So I didn't take them up on that. And I still had, like, a whole bag of dates and a whole bag of walnuts. And all, like, I had, like, 12 salt tablets left. And I had full water. So I, I was, like, I was, like, no more food. You know, I didn't want my, my fucking gut to get fucked up by anything yeah, I hadn't yeah. already been eating. So it was just like a strategic decision. Cool. The result of that was just being in a low caloric state and just suffering mentally from that. Mm -hmm. From being in a low caloric state and just climbing. And at that point we had four miles left and then I climbed for like, dude, like two hours, an hour and a half. And then 
like I realized I still only had like two and a half miles left. So I only covered a mile and a half in like two hours. And that was because I didn't take food. That was because I was in such a negative place in my head to where like I finally hit a point that I haven't hit since I ran my first marathon in Austin where I'm truly questioning what I'm doing. Mm. I'm truly questioning like, why the fuck am I out here? This is not enjoyable right now. This is a really hard experience. Mm -hmm. No one's cheering me on. Like we had rainbow. We had your mom, you know, I had you. Mm -hmm. That's it, bro. That was the only support team I had. That was the only support team you had. Hopper was there. Hopper was there, (laughs) which was amazing. (laughs) Yeah. But it, it hit a point to where like, all right, like, it was just like the motivation was low. Yeah. You know, that, that, leave it at that. Motivation was low and I was questioning myself. And I sat down <clears throat> and you could barely see stars. It was getting dark. And I was just climbing and sat down again, dude. And I looked up and it was like the sky was no, no longer like purely black. It was lit the fuck up with stars, dude. Like stars like I've never seen before. And I thought about the Lion King in that moment. Um, in terms of like each star is an ancestor, each star is a, is a, a past life staring down on me. You know, it's all the Kings I've been in my past life. Um, and I, and I just saw like friends up there that I've lost and, and people that I've lost and people that, and angels that I know watch over me. And I saw them all looking down on me, just felt their presence. And they were, they were telling me like, it's going to be all right. This too shall pass and just know why you're out here. And that's to break, to break chains really is why I was out there mm-hmm. to break generational chains of not doing cool fucking shit in nature. You know what I mean? And just like, I'm the first one in my lineage in the in recent past in like the past two, 300 years that has done something like this. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like my family in the past has been engineers and like businessmen and like just total like system people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and I've set out, I want to set out, I'm, this is what I'm working on. This is why I'm doing this is to see how far I can go. You know what I mean? Like, what can I experience in this life that people before me with my same last name haven't experienced? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And am I able to find happiness through this in ways that they didn't, they found, they didn't find happiness. And when that hit, bro, um, it was it was a super cool moment of like, all right, this is why we're doing it. We're out here to like, you know, you're 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 creating new waves for my kids. I'm creating new waves for my grandchildren. You know, I'm nowhere near having kids anytime soon. I, I want to have some eventually. So like, I think about them when I do these things. Like, it's the example I'm setting for like the rest of the family type shit. And um, that last stop, I ate all my food, drank all my water, was completely depleted, like was done, and I still had two and a half miles to go. And I was like, um, I'm going for it. Like, I'm no more sitting down. I'm going for it. Mm-hmm. And I stood up, made that decision, and just started climbing. And I caught this groove. And it was true, bro. This It passed. The negative thoughts went away. And I was just like, all right, it's just a matter of time. And one thing they don't tell you is, like, when you, you shouldn't ask people how far you else, how far you still have to go. And if it's night, don't look up. Because all you're going to see is headlamps that are far as fuck away. And you're just going to be like, <laughs> yeah. is it a star or is that the headlight yeah. at the top of the trail? Yeah. And that was that was the challenging part. But to just kind of go through that negative point and then bounce back was just so profound, mm-hmm. dude. Like, when we have our mindset on one goal, 
we you will accomplish that goal like there's there's you know just don't give up type shit and you'll you'll make it through and that's the coolest fucking part about this whole thing um we're a little pressed for time right now. A little pressed. Um, I do, I do want to just ask you, though, because you found that groove, and when you got to the top, you were better in spirits than I. Yeah. Just to finish out my own journey is that when I got to the top, I could hear my mom and my girlfriend, like, yelling for me for about, like, a mile until I got there. I heard them as well. So, like, 20 minutes, maybe. Yeah. And I wasn't happy to see him, dude. <laughs> I I don't know. I got into a place like I actually put in headphones and like wrote some music waves a little bit. Nice. Some Zeppelin, Something some I Black wish Sabbath. I, I wish I my um, and like that was like didn't uplift me, but it, I don't know. It just set me into a, a state. And because of what you just mentioned with like this looking up and seeing the headlamps and the stars, that point you have no idea when you're going to finish. Like it didn't feel like there was an end in sight. So I had to convince my brain, I'm never going to finish this. You just have to keep going. You just have to keep going forever. And that's it. We were pretty much three, three hours behind schedule. Yeah. So that was another reason why I felt like I don't know when I'm going to get back. Yeah. And so when I got, I finally got to my mom and my girlfriend and my dog, my mom was like a few, like 30 seconds before the top top. And so she's like, yeah, run the rest of the way. (laughs) Yay. And I'm like, like, I hit up like a tiny little jog and I get to the top girlfriend, mom, cameras on me. Dog is there. And I'm just out of it, bro. Like, I was not there mentally. I was, like, just so neutral. Like, I wasn't excited. I wasn't celebrating. I wasn't relieved even. I was just, like, neutral. Just, like, that was it. So when you got to the top, you were, like, it seemed like a little bit in better spirits. I was. I had felt my point of neutrality and just, like, I had already felt that. Yeah. And then coming back from it, like I actually ate the rest of my food. I could have probably done that earlier, mm-hmm. but I did conserve my food to the end. And I saw someone that helped you out um, that was going up. Her name was Shari and she was still running up the, the canyon. There's two arches. I saw that second yeah, arch, yeah. the one before the last yep, one. Yep. And she was in such high spirits. You know what I mean? And, um, and just seeing her like so positive and she had done it before and she's like, yeah, we're almost there. I was like, I talked to her for a little bit, got some energy mm-hmm. from just the kindness that we were sharing with each other. Mm-hmm. And then I said, all right, let's see you up there. Have a good rest of your time. And that just brought me up, man. And I was, yeah. I was, I was grateful for that. Yeah. You know? I think the pain just started to set in for me in a real way. Yeah. And I was just like, I'm neutral and now experiencing pain. Yeah. Dude, the worst pain outside of my knee was the chafing on my ass. Like crazy. Oh my gooch. <laughs> <laughs> it's the real fire, shit, bro. That's bro. the real shit. Like next Jeez. time I'm gonna be like nut buttered up, like yeah. squirrel butter, whatever that shit is, the body butter. I have I never chafe. Never. Like and we've sent on like twenty two mile long runs on the weekends, no yep. chafing. Nope. And yeah, I was done so dude it was like ow it was like sandpaper yeah it was tough dude it felt like sandpaper it was right tough by my nuts. yeah, yeah which is time. not where sandpaper and should I'm be trying to like and you, you try to like walk wider <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that fucks up your like alignment yeah <laughs> so that was that was i feel you on we that. were waddling for a few days brother yeah. for a few days well 
That was the canyon. That was it, man. That was it, man. That was our send. So proud of us. Yeah. Most beautiful thing I've ever done. We will be back. We we'll will be back. Better be back. And we will be... Um, we're sitting here. We will be coming back with episodes once a week. Yeah, let's do once do a that. week. Yeah. Do once a week. And then we'll talk some more about like when we're going to do the group runs. Yep. We want to do evening runs. Yep. Because I think in the evening after the run, like if we started at Squatch or we started at a different like open air gym, we could get a lift in after. Yeah. The group. And as a community builder. Exactly. Great. So, so um, that's our that's our wrap on this uh, this week's episode. That's our Canyon Run. Thanks, guys. We'll thanks keep you all informed about uh, our next adventure. A lot of good things in the works. All good things. We appreciate man. you guys for listening. Thank you guys. We love you. Let's land the plane. Let's land this plane. <laughs>